Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! So we're in week number three of a message series called Relational Vampires, learning to love those who suck the life out of you. (laughs) We've been talking about the different kinds of people that have the ability to drain us and how important it is uh, for us to recognize that our friendships, our relationships are taking us somewhere. And uh, if you were to look at your closest friends, your closest relationships, you would either say one of two things. They encourage me on my journey following Christ, or they discourage me uh, when I'm following Christ. And so relationships are so important. Who you do life with really matters. You're a product of the people that you hang out with. Amen? And so we looked at last week, uh, or actually week number one, we talked about controlling people, those people who try to manipulate our lives. And then last week, we talked about critical, fault-finding people. Uh-oh. If you didn't hear last week, you all need to get the podcast. And then um, uh, our final week, we're going to talk about hypocritical people. These are the people that say one thing, but they live an entire different lifestyle. But today, someone say today, today I want to talk about how do we love the people that can be overly needy, overly needy. All right. You got your seatbelt on? I could be talking to you. I could be talking to your neighbor, but whoever I'm talking to, just lean in and allow God to speak to you. Amen. Overly needy people. These are the people that we really do care about in our lives, but they always need more than what we can give them. And just to be clear, we are not talking about genuinely needy people. God is very clear about helping the poor, clothing them, feeding them. He's very clear about taking care of the widows, the orphans, and ministering to those who are sick. We're talking about how do we love and care for overly needy people, those that need a little extra attention, sometimes a lot of extra attention, and seem to always be hurting. You, you know who they are. When you see them coming, you think, oh my gosh, this conversation's going to be forever. <laughs> Filled with negativity, drama, and adding to their current crisis that they're going through in the last 24 hours, Right? Needy people. And and needy people always seem to dominate the conversation. You ever notice that? You can hardly get a word in. They are takers, and a lot of times we are givers. They are takers and they are givers. There's two types of people in life. They're takers and givers. Which are you? Which are you? So these are people that we give and we give, but it's never enough. It could be a relative that's all alone. And they expect you to come and give them attention every other day and always want you to stop by, right? It could be a guy in a small group that has no friends and you just joined the small group and now you're his only friend that he texts every five minutes. Come on, somebody. Everybody has this person, the buddy, the person that is always hitting you up for money. Oh, come on now. If I'm talking to your neighbor, just look right at me. Just look right at me. 
always hitting you up. Could be the coworker that's always fishing for compliments. And they come to you every day, multiple times throughout the day, trying to get validation, trying to get acceptance from you. Could be that friend who's always a hot mess. You know who they are. They, they live on the struggle bus. Can I get a good amen? And they always bring you all their drama and all their junk. This can be very complicated. It can be an area of tension because we want to help these people, but when we help them, it just never seems like it's, it's enough. It never seems like it's enough. And if we're not careful, we end up giving people what they want instead of what they need. Did you hear that? We end up giving them what they want instead of what they need. So how, how do we love those that are always in need without hurting them. Three thoughts today for all the note takers. 85% of note takers make it to heaven, by the way. It's a new stat that just came out. Just joking, but um, three thoughts that I have for you today on how do we love those who are overly needy, those people who seem to drain us, those people who seem to always bring problems and crises and issues every time we see them. Three thoughts. Number one, we give strategically. We give strategically. Most of the time with these individuals, we're giving out of emotion. Our emotions get in the way. And um, we, we, we give out of emotions. We give what feels good and whatever relieves us of our guilt. But, but instead of focusing on what they want or what gives us relief, we need to ask ourselves the question, what do they need? What, what, what do they really need? What will really help them? This helps us to not emotionally give, but prayerfully and strategically give. And there's a story in the Bible, too, of Jesus' disciples did exactly this, Peter and John. And they were going to the temple to pray, the Bible says, and there was a lame man who was brought to the gates of the temple daily. Someone say daily. Every single day, they brought this lame man to the temple, and they would carry him and drop him off right by the gates where everybody was passing through. And this lame man would sit there and beg for money. He would beg for money. And let's look at what Peter and John did here in Acts chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. It says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Notice they didn't ignore the man. They made eye contact. Amen? Passionate people make eye contact with others. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. What this man knew was this, that if I ask long enough, if I ask loud enough, eventually someone will be moved by emotions and give me what I want. What did he want? He wanted money. He wanted money. It was his tradition to go and beg for money. He knew that somebody is going to feel guilty Somebody's going to feel bad for me. Somebody's going to give me what I want. The lame man wanted money. What would have been easy for Peter and John to do? Just give him some money. Just pull out some change and throw it in. That, that would have been the easy thing. That would have been the easy thing. But Peter and John didn't respond emotionally. They gave this man what he needed, not what he wanted. 
Let's continue reading. Verse six and seven, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly, someone say instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Notice what Peter and John did. Instead of giving a handout, they gave a hand up. Are you hearing this today? Instead of giving a handout, which is the easy thing for us to do, they gave the man a hand up. Someone say a hand up. You see, they could have given him what he was asking for, but instead they made the decision to give strategically and they gave him what the man needed from God. The man needed a healing. Would money have solved his long-term issue? No. Would Jesus healing him help his long-term issue? Yes, because now the man can walk. Now the man can go fill out a job application. Come on, somebody. Hmm, someone needed that right there. Everybody and their mother's hiring right now. What do you mean you can't find a job? Let me get back to my notes. What he needed was a healing. Now he can walk. Now he can get a job. Now he can pay for his own bills. He doesn't have to be carried daily to the temple gate to beg for money, right? But here's the thing with needy people. They will always want you to do what's easy instead of what's right. Mm -hmm. We're about to get in this in a minute. In these moments, when we encounter such people, we must ask ourselves, are we, are we really helping them or hurting them? Hmm? Are we just hurting them by meeting a want in their life and not meeting a need? Because here's the reality. We are not everyone's hero. And you are not Jesus. You are not their savior. But sometimes we act like we are. And sometimes we become the savior to other people. And we never give them what they really need. We just give them what they want. And we can play the role of Jesus and do more hurt because we enable them to stay lame when God wants them to be healed. Mm, I feel like preaching this at the 10 o'clock. I got 19 minutes and 26 seconds left. It's 1039 if you're taking medication. So, so, so we have to learn to be people that give strategically. We, we have to learn to say, because I love you, I'm not giving you what you want, but what you need. No, I'm not giving you the $300 for your car payment. When you, in the last four weeks, got a new Apple Watch, the new Jays, and the new PlayStation. Oh, don't make me preach up in here. One hand on the Bible, I'm about to preach this. The same people coming with the same needs and we're doing them harm, we're hurting them because we give them what they want. How about this? How about you say, I'm gonna help you to get a, fill out a job application so you can get a job so you can pay your car payment. I'm gonna help you to get on a budget so you don't have crazy spending. Is it, most people don't have a money problem. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Most people don't have a money problem. They have a, a lack of discipline with their money problem. 
They have foolish spending problems. That's another series for another time. I know you're getting anxious and sweating underneath your arms, but <laughs> give strategically. Give strategically. I could give you the 300, but that's not going to help you because I did it for the last 20 times and it didn't help you. You're still buying things that you shouldn't be buying when you should be paying your bills. Mm, just look straight at me. This is just a series. You look straight at me. Don't look to the right or the left. Just straight at me. What about the person who wants you to validate them every day? <laughs> Lord have mercy. And every day they want validation. Every day, but, but you need to look at them and say, no, you need to love who you are in Christ and learn your value. I can't be your validation. You need to find it in the person of Jesus Christ. Hmm? What, what, what about the person that always runs to you when life goes wrong and they expect you to bail them out and solve their problems and you bail them out every time? And you're doing more hurt than harm because they're not learning to trust God like you trust God. Hey, hey newsflash, we all got to trust God in our lives, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our We all have to trust God, all of us. But we do them harm when they run to us and we solve every problem. Some of us are problem solvers, and that can be a great thing, but that can also be a negative thing where we hurt people because we're just giving them everything they want and they never grow. They never learn to trust God for themselves. Their faith is based on your, your faith and your resource. You're their source, not God. So they never grow in their faith. Hmm? Am I talking to anybody today? Hmm? So, so we got to learn. Our first point is to give strategically. We got to learn to give hand ups instead of handouts. Who, who, who have you been giving handouts to? that today it needs to stop because you're doing more hurt than helping them. Hmm? It, it's easy to give a handout. And like, like I said, clarify, I'm not talking about helping those who are less fortunate at times. We are, this church in the last 12 months has literally quadrupled our giving to local missions. Thousands of dollars given to feed hungry people, clothe them, help those who are in recovery. I mean, we, we're big on that. You know that. So I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those overly needy people that are draining your life and causing all your other relationships to be unstable because you don't say no. When's the last time you said no? I'm not going to do that. Hmm? When we don't say no, we become an enabler. We, talk, we use that word in recovery like you're enabling someone, but some of you are enabling people to not get a job, to be lazy, to not work, to not parent right their kids because you just bail them out every time. Let, let's go to point two because you're getting a little quiet on me. But I like point one, so I'm going to drink to that. <laughs> it's water. Someone's getting nervous. Number two, we serve wisely. We serve wisely. So number one, we're going to give strategically. Number two, we're going to serve wisely, the, the overly needy people in our lives. You know, Jesus served selflessly, loved authentically, gave generously, taught faithfully, listened compassionately. 
Throughout his three and a half years of ministry, this was the life of Jesus, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, finding needs and meeting them. But then, but then, after he poured out, after he, he gave, he would stop and he would go recharge with God. The, the, the disciples would show up and be like, hey, where's JC at? Where's he at? Oh, he's off talking to his father. He's off getting recharged. He's off getting filled up, getting fueled up. Come on, somebody. That's what he would do. He would give out, give out, give out, and then he would get poured into, get poured into. Listen, friends, in order for you to keep giving, you've got to stop and get filled up. Because some of you are running on empty because you're running to every overly needy person in your life, and you never stop to get recharged. You never stop to get filled back up. And this is what Jesus did. Look at Mark chapter one, verse 35. It says, very, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. <laughs> everyone is looking for you. Now, when I read this, when I was prepping this message, I had this thought in my mind, this illustration of a mother. Someone, how many moms do I have in here? How many, it's not Mother's Day, but how many moms do I have in here? And I had this thought, because I've seen my wife do it, uh, this thought where everyone in the house is looking for mom. You know, it's funny. The house could be on fire, and dad's watching ESPN on the couch. The fire could be five feet from him, but everyone in that house is running to mom. They ain't running to dad. They run running to mom because mom, she solves all problems in the house. But I, I thought of this illustration of a mom, how, how, how she'll go off to a, a solitary place called the bathroom. <laughs> and she'll lock the door and she doesn't need to use the restroom. She just needs to be by herself and look in the mirror and make sure she's still there. And she just needs a few minutes because, you know, if she had a dollar for every time they said mom, she would be a multi-billionaire. All the moms said amen. Come on, moms, you're going to love me today. Extra offering from the moms. And, and, and the mom just needs a few minutes in a dark place. <laughs> just to figure out who she is, right? Because everybody's pulling at her and, and she just wants a little peace and quiet. And then all of a sudden she hears, mom, hey, where's mom? I don't know, mom. And then, then if her kids are real little, all of a sudden underneath the door come the fingers. <laughs> mom, I know you're in there. What are you doing, pooping? <laughs> kids are funny. Kids are funny. They tell it how it is, right? And mom just needed a few moments to, to, to gather herself, right? That's what Jesus is doing here. He, he's saying, hey, I need a few moments to recharge. You know, it's kind of like the, 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 uh, when you fly, um, they say, hey, if we lose altitude, your mask is gonna drop down and uh, we, we want you to put your mask on first and then apply it to your, put the mask on to your favorite child. 
It's a joke. Come on. People are laughing. Oh, what's your problem over here? I got good jokes today. Apply it to your favorite child. And, and so it's kind of that concept. Like if you don't take care of you, you're going to be no good to others. That's why we serve wisely. That's why we serve wisely. I heard this quote this week. It says this, if you allow people to make more withdrawals than deposits in your life, you will be out of balance and in the negative. Know when to close the account. Hmm? Now look at Romans 12, 11. I love this in the message translation. Don't burn out. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, don't be a burnout. <laughs> don't burn out. Keep yourselves what? Fueled in a flame. Sounds like a good church name. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. You see, when you don't burn out, when you keep fueled up, then you can continue helping others. But here's the reality. You can't do everything to meet every need that those overly needy people have in their lives. And sometimes you don't realize you're actually drowning when you're trying to be everyone else's anchor. Man, I think I'm gonna get the podcast. This is a good one. Here's the thing. You can't say yes often if you don't say no occasionally. And some of you will burn out. Like there's no fruit in your life because you're, you're trying to meet every need and it's impossible. You're not the savior. You're not the savior. So number one, we, what do we do? We give strategically. Number two, we serve wisely. And number three, we trust completely. We trust completely. You know, it's insulting and dangerous to think I'm someone's answer and someone's source because I'm not. I'm not the source. I can lead them to the source. You can lead them to the source, but it's dishonoring to God to say that we are necessary in every case to make sure every need is met. You are not someone else's answer. Jesus is the answer. We may be the delivery system, the conduit that he works through, but he's the power that they need. He's the power that they need. So we got to point them to Jesus. We can't be their crutch. We can't be their crutch. And the problem is, if you think God needs you to fix everyone else, then your God is way too small. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. If you think God needs you to fix everyone else, then then your view of God is way too small. If you keep rescuing people and not allow them to grow and face some consequences, when God has set up some spiritual consequences in his word to teach us, to allow us to grow spiritually, what happens when we don't allow that to happen in their lives? We rob them of growing and becoming who God has called them to be. And often we interfere with what God is doing in someone's life if we're not careful. And the Bible's so true, Galatians 6 and 7, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. 
This is a principle found throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament. So could it be that some people are always sowing from the flesh and reaping it back to them, but then running to you to rescue them? You didn't hear that. Some of the people that are running to you are coming to you because they're reaping what they sowed. It's a biblical principle. And then we end up rescuing them. Rescuing isn't always helping them. Rescuing someone isn't always helping. Example, the prodigal son. We know the story in the Bible. The son came to the father and said, I want my inheritance now. The father said, okay, here it is. He gave him his inheritance. A few days later, the son left. And the Bible says he went and spent all the money on wild living, prostitutes, partying. And he ends up finding himself so low in life, all his money gone. All his friends left him when the money left. Isn't that amazing? Amazing how many friends you got when you got money. Hello. All his friends gone. Here he is eating from the pig trough to try to survive. Eating from the pig trough. Now the father loved his son, but the father waited, prayed, and did not rescue his son. Why? Because his son had to learn. The father loved him enough to say, there are some things in life, son, that you must learn on your own. And that's a hard thing for a parent. That's a hard thing for a parent. My, my parents had to do that with me when I was out running crazy with this guy and that guy and a bunch of people in this church acting a fool, doing drugs and partying. And my parents knew it. They're past, they, they knew what I was going through, but they, they, they had to wait and they had to give me to God and they prayed. They prayed and they waited. They prayed and they waited. They didn't try to bail me out. Well, one time when I got arrested. I'm looking at certain people who were with me on that. So just pray for me. Thank God we have a church that allows anyone here, even the preacher. But they waited, they waited, they waited. And they, they gave me, they didn't bail me out. They didn't bail me out. Because there's some things that we need to learn on our own. We need to know that our actions have consequences. And if we bail our kids out every time they're in trouble, we aren't teaching them a lesson. We're doing more hurt than helping them. Mm. If your son is 20 years old and he's late to work every day because you are his alarm clock, it's time to make some changes. It, it, it's time for him to learn that he needs to set his own alarm clock. Come on, somebody. Some 20-year-old didn't like that. It's time for him to understand responsibility. If you're always bailing them out, how is he going to grow and how is he going to learn? If someone's charging up their credit cards, spending vacations and clothes and eating out, and then they come to you for their rent payment, come on now. They may need to get evicted so they can learn and grow. I know it sounds harsh, but it's, it's truth. You may be enabling them every time they run to you because they 
have crazy spending and they don't know how to manage their money. If a friend keeps making the wrong relationship decision and runs to you every time it goes south and every time you give them the same advice time and time again, it may be time to back off. It may be time to back off and encourage them to get some biblical counseling. Amen? Sometimes, if we're not careful, Sometimes if we're not careful, we become the needy person that we want to always help. Listen to me. Don't get off the train yet. Some say, I need people to need me. And so when we have that attitude, people become projects for you to complete. And people in need are not projects we help. They are people that we love enough to tell them the truth, to help them to grow in life and help them to trust God completely. So it can almost be some form of a narcotic for us. We get our hit because people run to us every time they're in need. And we love helping needy people. Comes to a point where we have to recognize that am I treating this as a project, this person as a project and not a person? Am I really helping them or am I hurting them because I bail them out every time they run to me? How do we help those who are needy in our life? We give strategically. We give strategically. We don't always give them what they want, but we say, what do you need? What do you need? How do we help those? We, we serve wisely. We serve wisely. I'm, I, I can't say yes to everything. I can't say yes to everything. I can't give you everything that I am. And number three, we trust completely. We trust them to God. We give them to God. We don't try to be their savior and bail them out every time. Is there times that we have to come to people's rescue? Yes, but we have to decipher, am I helping them or hurting them in this moment? Amen? Talking about how do we love overly needy people. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. Lord, as we're all intertwined in different relationships in our life, we need your help, God. We need your help to manage these relationships. We need your help to love those who are draining us. And sometimes Sometimes it's making the choice to love them from a distance. Sometimes it's making the choice to tell them the truth, even though it may hurt them, even though we risk them getting offended. Sometimes we have to make that move, God. So Lord, we thank you that you're speaking to our hearts today. Every person in here. They may be the overly needy person or they may be the person enabling the needy person. You're speaking to us through your word today. We thank you for it. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you're far from God. The Bible says that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in these next few moments, this is the most important part of this entire service and it's for you. It's for you. You find yourself far from God. You find yourself disconnected from a relationship with God. This is the first step in your spiritual journey. 
it's to surrender. He just wants surrender. He, he, he doesn't say, hey, clean everything up in your life and then come to me. No, we surrender it to him first. And then he begins to clean us up from the inside out as we follow him. So if you're here today and you're far from God, you, you don't have that relationship intact. Today, we wanna pray with you and welcome you into the family of God. So as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here. You say, Jacob, include me in on this prayer. Just throw that hand up. We're not here to embarrass you or to call you out. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Just throw that hand up and say, include me in on this prayer. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. I see those hands. If you're unsure where you're at with God, if today was your last day on earth and you took your last breath and slipped from this life to the next, and you're unsure where you would go, would you throw your hand up? I wanna make sure you're right with God today. Tomorrow is promised to no one. Throw up that hand if that's you. Say, I wanna make sure, I wanna make sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you, awesome. Let's say this prayer with them, church. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart, I give you my life. I believe you died upon that cross for my sins. So I repent of those sins today and I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Fuel Church, Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.